InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. A number of research studies suggest ways you can prevent Alzheimer's disease and cognitive decline as your brain ages. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is Dr. Alan Hamilton, Regents Professor of Neurosurgery at the University of Arizona. He also co-authored two new books, Younger Next Year and Younger Next Year for Women, Live Strong, Fit, Sexy, and Smart Until You're 80 and Beyond. Doctor, before we get into the specific recommendations, these are second edition books updated with the latest research, so let's start there. As you are a brain surgeon, summarize for us, please, the latest findings on keeping our brains sharp late in life. Well, we updated many medical things, but where the real breakthroughs have happened and new science has really pushed us forward is what can we do to prevent cognitive decline or dementia as we get older? And naturally, for an aging population, that's a big concern, not just for the person, but their families as well. And it turns out there's a lot of good research now that's coming out on how to prevent dementia and cognitive decline. There's a group of people, we call them super agers. There's about four to five percent of the population. They don't have that cognitive decline. When we measure them, they measure like 20 or 30 year olds. So you go back and you start looking at what makes those people's brains different. And it turns out, number one, they're incredibly fit. And it turns out that exercise, just as we recommended in the first edition 15 years ago, aerobics four times a week and strength training twice a week. That's an important part of keeping the brain fit. The second thing is sleep. The third thing is nutrition. And the fourth thing is staying connected. And when we look at superagers, those are the things that they do that really make their brains hold up. And what we're finding is we were wrong about a lot of things. We were wrong that you couldn't make new brain cells. We were wrong, but you don't make more connections. You can do all of that. So we put in the book all those recommendations. And, you know, I have to say, when you put it all together, we can probably eliminate 50 to 60% of all dementia if we practice the right prevention. So are you saying there's an association or actual causation between exercise and, for example, creating new brain cells? Well, there definitely is a connection because it helps drive several nerve growth factors that help to sustain nerves, stop them from dying, keep them healthy, and encourage new brain cells to grow. So that connection is definitely there. Interestingly enough, strength training seems to help consolidate memory and maintain memory better, and aerobic training tends to help with frontal lobe function like cognitive thinking, executive thinking, decision-making, very complex levels of thinking. So there's a direct effect there as well. The Younger Next Year for Women book talks about how women's brains age differently than men's. What are the differences there? As everybody knows, there are big differences between men's brains and women's brains. But it's not just that women use their brains differently and in a lot of ways are more adaptively than men. But it's also that there's a slight increase in susceptibility to cognitive decline and dementia. So women have to be a little more careful to really use the preventive things like keeping fit, making sure they're sleeping properly, eating properly, giving their brain the challenges they need. Now, the good news is that women's brains are far more connected than men's brains. 
so what that does is, yes, the actual neurons themselves may be more susceptible, but the overall brain may have an advantage in that it can use both sides more easily. And what we see is that women collaborate better. We see that women make emotional connections faster than men. And we think that's because they're able to use both hemispheres a little bit easier than men. So, yes, there's a little bit of bad news, but there's a lot of good news. And this information feeds right into my next question, that a striking new claim that you do make that sheer intelligence can rise with these changes in how we live. How big a jump in that is involved? Well, what we've seen is we've seen statistically significant increases in IQ. And I'm talking, I want our listeners to understand some of these experiments, and I'm not going to go into all of them, but this is where we take very sedentary people who are in a nursing home, And then we say, okay, what happens to these individuals if we put them into an exercise program? What happens if we give them a set of brain challenges? And I can talk a little bit about what a brain challenge is for this kind of program. But what we see is those people's IQs change. They get smarter. They encourage new nerve cells to grow. And the interesting thing is even if you stop the exercise because the experiment's over, you can see that effect sustained for months afterwards before it tapers off again. So it really is a dramatic response to exercise. We're visiting with Dr. Alan Hamilton, co-author of two new books, Younger Next Year and Younger Next Year for Women, Live Strong, Fit, Sexy, and Smart Until You're 80 and Beyond. You also have some news for us about our risk of getting Alzheimer's if we make the recommended changes. We're born with the genetic susceptibilities, and you know there's not much you can do about your DNA at this point. But... What we know is if we go after all of the different factors, now I'm talking about things like hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, obesity. If we go after all of those things, sleep apnea, bad sleeping patterns, insomnia, if we go after all of that, we can actually reduce about 50% of the dementia that we're going to see in the population. And that's huge. So let's circle back to your recommendations. You did mention six days a week for the rest of your life. How many minutes per day of aerobic and how many minutes per day of strength training? These are the old recommendations from Harry Lodge, and I have to say, just write them in stone. They won't change. It's an hour a day. That's what I tell people. It's one hour a day, either aerobic or strength training, six days a week. You get one day to think about other things. But you just have to make that commitment. You have to stop eating junk. And do you still want us to do four days a week with aerobic and two for strength? Strength training, resistance training, yep. Very good. Some people, Dr. Frankly, might say, this is a little bit strenuous. Your thoughts? You know what's strenuous? Being demented. My father died of Alzheimer's. I can tell you it was one of the most traumatic experiences for him and for us. It was an end that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. When I think about that, I go, okay, that's what I have to be thinking about when I get on that treadmill or I get on the elliptical and I push myself and I do intervals and that sort of thing. Yes, it sounds like a lot, but we have a choice. We have a fixed length of lifespan. We can spend it in a kind of what I call terminal glide, which is we just get weaker. We have more aches and pains. We do less. We fall more. We socialize, we get out less, or we can say, no, I'm going to adopt this other program, which is basically what Younger Next Year is, and it's saying, we're all going to die, but I'd rather die very active and fit 
and have lived to my fullest potential rather than have to accept terminal glide. And we know that terminal glide does not have to be accepted. And some of your other recommendations, you mentioned one before, connect and commit. Why is social contact so important? It is vital. The brain is hardwired to be connected socially and intimately with people. And what happens is it releases a number of neurochemicals that are not just good for brain growth factors and neurons. They're also, believe it or not, they boost your immune system. They make you more immune resistant. So when we say be connected, be committed, we mean cultivate the network of the people that you love, the people that you're close to. And don't let those friends drift away. Don't let those relationships atrophy. Cultivate them and understand that it's far beyond just being social. It's far beyond that. It's really being connected. And disconnected human beings do not live as long as connected human beings. I mean, that research has been done. So it's really a matter of changing your orientation and telling yourself, you know what, just like I do my exercise, I'm going to spend time each week cultivating my friendships. And I've started to make a list of phone calls every week that I'm going to make just to stay in touch with my friends. I take more time if I do a business trip. I make sure I stop off in a city. If I have a friend there, I spend an extra day with that friend. Diet is huge, as you pointed out. If you were to pick one thing we should avoid, what would it be? It'd be French fries, but you really have to get rid of junk. You have to get rid of processed food. You have to get rid of food that has refined sugars. People say, should it be the paleo diet? Should it be the Mediterranean diet? I said, it should be a diet that's healthy, that's healthy in good fats. If the listeners are interested, there's a wonderful book. I'm not plugging it for any reason other than I think it's a great book by a guy named Max Lugaveri. The book is called Genius Foods. And the reason I recommend it is this is a guy who's his own family member was going downhill with dementia. And doctors just basically said what he calls diagnosis and adios. They could not offer him anything to help. And so he became a world's expert on looking at nutrition to help prevent cognitive decline. And the book is full of good recommendations of good foods that you can eat, healthy fats, things like avocados, things like almonds, things like that, that we really have to just be thinking about a healthy diet. And I don't care... If you lean towards paleo or Mediterranean, what I care about is that the diet's a healthy one. All great advice. Dr. Alan Hamilton, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you bet. Thanks, Gina. It's a pleasure. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.